Welcome to Village Church. Uh, really good to see y'all here, and thank you to everybody who's joining us online as well, um, or who will see this in the future, who will join us that way. Um, here at Village, our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy him, and to glorify him. And the way that we envision doing that is to be the broken people that we are, coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. So thank you for joining in that mission and vision with us today. Um, and we hope that's what you experience. We have just a couple of announcements before we proceed with worship. Um, one, um, this is standard, but you know we don't, we don't have an offering plate that we pass here, but there is one available in the back of the room. So if you want to give to the Village Church, you can give that way. Or you can give online um, or mail a check to the church. Uh, for those online, the, the details of how to do that will be posted in the comments. And also on Wednesday, we continue to have corporate prayer. Um, we invite you to come join us for that in person here at the church, or you can join via Zoom. Um, the uh, invite for that on Zoom is sent out in the weekly email. And then lastly, for uh, all the women, an email was sent out uh, with a form to fill out uh, if you want to participate in women's discipleship groups. If you got that email and you're interested in participating in that, please fill it out and send it back. If you did not get the email, but you want to, uh, you want to, you're interested in participating in that, talk to Amanda, who's in the back running sound, um, or Taylor Pierce or Tiffany Williams, or frankly, you can just contact any of the leadership at Village and we can get you um, the get that email sent to you. Those are all the announcements, um, so we'll proceed, and I'll, I'm going to pray for us. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Uh, man, thank you so much for uh, the beautiful weather that you've graced us with. Um, it feels like spring is here uh, weather-wise, and that is good. That's just good for my heart. It makes me uh, remember that there is new life springing from where we might have only seen death or scars um, or gray things. Um, but thank you for giving us those kind of reminders, even just in the very nature and cycle of the world that you've built uh, and made us creatures of it. Thank you for your goodness, and I pray that as we proceed and, and participate in worship um, this morning, that uh, you would do work in our hearts for if we know you, we know that your Holy Spirit dwells within us. That's how you're with us. Um, but we ask that you would do a special work in our hearts. Um, and that's what we pray for, that we would know you uh, and love you with all of our being. And so I pray that this morning that would be to that end. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I, too, am happy about the sun being out. If you would, please stand with us for our call to worship. It's taken from the song, Glorious Christ. Um, Please join with me where it says, Together. The radiance of the Father before the dawn of time. You spoke and all creation came to be. 
the molecules and planets reveal your great design and everyone was made so we could see so we could see you are the glorious christ the greatest of all delights your power is unequal your love beyond all heights no greater sacrifice than when you laid down your life we join the song of angels who praise you day and night Glorious Christ. Amen. Please bow for a word of prayer. God, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. And your son is glorious. The greatest of all delights. Your power is unequaled. Your love beyond all heights. No greater sacrifice than your willingness to lay down your life for your enemies. And so our hearts join with the angels. And we have our own song as the redeemed. And so we sing glory, 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 glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Lord, you are our shepherd. We don't have to want for anything. You make us lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. You restore our souls. You lead us in the path of righteousness for your namesake. And even though we walk through valleys in the shadow of death, We don't have to fear. As a matter of fact, we declare we will not fear. Not because of any good of our own. Not because we're so smart or so fabulous. We don't have to fear because you are with us. You are our Emmanuel. Your rod and your staff are a source of comfort to each one of us. And you prepare tables for us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil. Our cups overflow even when we don't feel like it. Surely goodness and mercy and peace shall follow each one of us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord, gazing in the beauty of your holiness forever, singing holy, 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 holy. Is the Lord God Almighty, glory to the Lamb, worthy, 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 will be our cry. Not just then, now, that is our cry. We love you, God. We praise your holy name. We thank you. We thank you for loving us first. And we thank you for the privilege it is to be your children and to be part of your royal priesthood. So we love you and we praise you today in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated.
have a uh, next we'll have a confession of sin, um, which will come for First John three four, and then after I read that, um, then we'll have a time of silent meditation, followed by um, a search of pardon. First John three four says, "Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness." In the very next verse uh, says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him that is Christ. There is no sin. The scripture is from Matthew chapters 9 and 10 today, starting at verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into his harvest. I jump into verse 16 in chapter 10. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. 
It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? And starting at verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. very loud and I'm not even talking that loud I'm actually kind of whispering a little bit alright I think that's better and I got my Britney Spears together too I'm going to take my hat off today I'm going to take it off today just to see how it looks on the live stream Y'all know me, I'm a, I'm a hat guy, so I like to wear my hats. Uh, as you heard, uh, the verses uh, that we are going to be covering today in our sermon uh, begin at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, and then go all the way through uh, the entirety of chapter 10. It's about 50 verses. So prepare yourself for a three-and-a-half-hour sermon. Uh, no, I'm, I'm completely joking. And, and I, I do want to thank, uh, first of all, thank you all for being here this morning. Thank you all for uh, joining us via the live stream. Uh, thank uh, Anton and Amanda for reading uh, those verses. At first, I was going to make them read them all. But then I was like, yeah, maybe not. Uh, maybe, we won't, maybe we won't do that. Um, but, yeah, we thank you all for uh you know, wading through all of the verses that were read, and it's God's word, so it, it's important. If we just came in here and all we did was read the Bible, that would be incredible. That would be great. Let's go to our Lord in a in a time of prayer of supplication. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you who. 
are the great God. You, you have revealed yourself as a God who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Lord, you are the God who declared in Exodus 19, all the world is mine. And Lord, since that is who you have revealed yourself to be and who you have proven yourself time and time again to be, we put our hope and our faith and our trust in you and in you alone. Lord, in this world that we live in, we see a lot of brokenness. The effects, the impact of sin causes even the very creation to cry out with groanings, to be delivered. Lord, we as your people, we know that you, you're the only one that can do anything about the the brokenness of this world. And so, Lord, I pray that even in this moment that you would encourage our hearts, as we will see in our passage today, you would encourage us to to be laborers in the harvest so that this broken world would come to know you. God, we pray for all those who are are suffering. We pray for all those who uh, are are suffering through... uh, the, the impact of, of the pandemic through coronavirus. And, well, we look forward to the day that we would get past this and that we would be able to fellowship and that we would have a, some semblance of a new normal. Well, we thank you that, that despite the, the, the troubles and the trials that we've had to, to go through during this pandemic, you have remained faithful. You have not failed us. You have not let us down. Lord, you go through the valley of the shadow of death right along with us. Lord, I pray also for the, for the global church. Pray for the persecuted church. Lord, I pray that, that your church would continue to grow, that you would continue to build your church through the power of your spirit. Lord, I pray also for this nation. Pray for all of the nations of the world, but I, I pray for our elected officials, those who serve locally at the state level and also at the federal level. But I pray that you would grant them wisdom through your common grace, that they would lead well and that they would lead with compassion and with a heart toward the other. Lord, we thank you. And we trust in you because we know that a day will come when every tear will be, will be wiped from our eyes. And we will behold you face to face. And as patience prayed earlier, we will cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb who was slain. Father, we thank you. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. 
Can I get someone to do me a quick favor? There's a bottle of water right there next to where I was sitting. Somebody, Brother Wayne, thank you so much. All right, so again, if you have your Bibles today, uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 9, uh, verses uh, 35 to the end, and also chapter 10, verses 1 through 42. So as you can see, got a lot of verses to cover today. And as we continue our journey uh, through the book of Matthew, uh, we have a lot of things to consider from uh, these many verses in this text. And today we will see how Jesus masterfully serves and equips us to do the work of gospel ministry. And as we work through these verses today, I want you to keep this question in your mind. Will I do what the Lord has called me to do? I want you to ask yourself that question as we work through this passage. Will I do? What my Lord has called me to do. So our passage today begins with the Lord Jesus making an observation. Jesus makes an observation in Matthew chapter 9 verses 35 through 38. Our Lord Jesus, he was going through the cities and the villages doing God things. Uh, the Lord Jesus is truly God and truly man at the same time. And the Lord Jesus was going through the community doing God things. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God and he was healing the sick of their infirmities when he observed the disposition of the crowds. He observed that the crowds were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And out of the overflow of the Lord Jesus' heart, he had compassion on the crowds. And as he was serving the crowds, Jesus looked at his disciples and told his disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers because the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. My brothers and sisters, Jesus' observation of the crowds is just as important today as it was then. So I want to ask you, my brothers and sisters, are you praying to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers for the harvest? The harvest is still plentiful, despite the best efforts of Uh, Enlightenment philosophers and despite the best efforts of the people uh, in this world who hate God, the world is not growing less spiritual. It's growing actually more spiritual. And people, as the world has grown more spiritual, people have grown more aware that there is something missing in their lives. And that something is not actually a thing at all, but. It's a person. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has placed eternity into 
man's heart. What this means is that all people everywhere, all people long for something greater than themselves. And like Paul in Acts at the Areopagus, we as the church, we proclaim the gospel of the kingdom saying, what the world therefore worships as unknown, this the church we proclaim to you, we proclaim to them. We proclaim to them the, the, the God who has made the world and everything in it. This is the Lord Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth. My brothers and sisters, this world needs to know Jesus. And those of us who know Jesus have a responsibility to introduce him to the world. Now, at the start of, of chapter 10, Jesus tells his disciples to pray for laborers. But then he turns to the laborers he already has and he puts them to work. And this demonstrates practicality on Jesus' part. Now, practicality can, can be a, a dirty word when it comes to matters of faith. We can sometimes have a, a tendency to hyper-spiritualize things. You know, we, we want God to, we want God's answers to, to come back to us in spooky ways. We, we expect the, the skies to crack open and we expect to hear angels singing from the heavens audibly. But sometimes Jesus just wants to use what's right in front of us. You, you've heard the story of the drowning man, right? I'll, I'll share it with you. A fellow was stuck on his rooftop in a flood. He was praying to God for help. Soon a man in a boat came by and, and the fellow shouted to the man on the roof, Hey, jump in. I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, No, it's okay. I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by. The fellow in the motorboat shouted, hey, jump in. I can save you. To this, again, the stranded man said, no, thanks. I'm praying to God, and he's going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat just went on. Then a helicopter came by, and the pilot shouted down, grab this rope, and I'll lift you to safety. And again, to this, the stranded man again replied, no, thanks. I'm praying to God, and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. So eventually the water rose above the rooftop, and the man drowned. He went to heaven, which is great. He finally got his chance to discuss this whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, God, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me drown. I don't understand. Why? To this, God replied, I sent you a rowboat and a motorboat. I even sent you a helicopter. What more did you expect? Now, my brothers and sisters, there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting God to work miraculously in our lives as he leads us. That's actually a great thing. 
But sometimes we also need spirit-led practicality in matters of faith. And in chapter 10, verses 1 through 15, we observe Jesus organizing practically. We observe him delegating practically and then commissioning his disciples to do something that will eventually yield miraculous results because of the work of the Holy Spirit. So as the disciples pray for laborers, they are to be about the business of laboring in the harvest themselves. And so sometimes the Lord is asking us, just as he asked Moses, what do you have in your hands? And my brothers and sisters, if God can speak the entire cosmos into existence, then he can take what little he has placed inside of us to accomplish his great purposes. And so the Lord Jesus assembles his disciples. And the miraculous thing is, is that after he's practically assembled them and delegated to them, he gives them authority to heal all kinds of diseases and all kinds of afflictions. And then he sends his disciples on a mission trip. Now, as our passage continues, the Lord Jesus has has sent out his disciples to to the mission field. And and as our passage continues, we see the Lord issuing a warning about the mission that he has given to his disciples. But we also see the Lord Jesus giving his disciples encouragement for their mission. So he issues a warning, but he also gives encouragement. In verses 16 through 33, Jesus makes it clear that he's setting up his disciples by sending them out. It's a setup, but it is a setup that God will use for his purposes and for his glory. And in verse 16, the Lord Jesus says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. You see, Jesus, he, he doesn't create an expectation for his disciples that their mission will be easy. Instead, he tells them up front that proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom will be dangerous. Spreading the truth of the gospel will, will risk their safety. It will risk their health. And perhaps they will even risk their lives. But in verse 22, Jesus also encourages his disciples that although they will suffer persecution and hatred for the sake of Christ, the one who endures to the end will be saved. So Jesus also, after issuing the warning, he issues encouragement. And in verse 28, he tells his disciples, don't fear those who can kill the body but not the soul. Rather, his disciples should fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. And brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus can encourage his disciples this way. 
because he knows that ultimately they are under the protection of God Almighty, God the Father. And if God can take care of the little sparrows, then he can take care of his children who are made in his image. The prophet Jeremiah says it this way. And sometimes you got to quote from the King James Version just to get the dramatic effect. But the prophet Jeremiah says it this way. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And so the point is that if, if God is on your side, he is more than the entire world against you. My brothers and sisters, you may have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but God, the sovereign God, the creator of the cosmos, is right there with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. So my brothers and sisters, I encourage you to take heart, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, to lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path. Now, this next chunk of verses in our passage is probably some of the most controversial verses in in all of the New Testament. Uh, Look with me at verses 34 through 39. In these verses, our Lord states his purpose for coming into the world. In verse 34, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. First of all, what? Second of all, Jesus, didn't you just proclaim and preach in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 9, if you want to go check it out, didn't you just proclaim, blessed are the peacemakers, For they shall be called the sons of God. What in the world is going on here? You didn't come to bring peace, but a sword, but blessed are the peacemakers. My brothers and sisters, don't let this trip you up. Because what Jesus is talking about here is a false sense of peace. He did not come to bring us a false peace, peace that is based on lies, peace that is based on the systems of the world, and a peace that is not based on the love of God. This peace that Jesus is referring to is actually no peace at all. Jesus' mission is to, is to destroy the false peace that is built on the systems of the world. He wants to dismantle any false sense of peace that people have that keep them from following after him. But my brothers and sisters, Jesus wants us to experience true peace. And true peace is not the absence of conflict. No, 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 my brothers and sisters, rather... True peace is knowing that you are eternally secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The safest place, I love this, there's a hymn that says that the safest place in the whole entire world is in the will of God. Now, it may be on a battlefront, and it may be behind the prison walls, but wherever it is, as long as you're in the will of God, it is the safest place that you could ever be. That is true peace. And in verse 36, Jesus calls for complete devotion from us. He calls for complete devotion from his disciples. I just want to stop right here and just tell you bluntly, my brothers and sisters, Christianity is not a halfway commitment. You can't be Christian today and not Christian tomorrow. Either you're all the way in or you're all the way out. First uh, John uh, chapter 2.19 says, They went out from us, but they were not of us, because if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not all of us. And Philippians 1.6 says that, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, this is an all or nothing deal. Chips all the way in. But this sold outness, this sold outness to God comes with benefits. And these benefits are not money. It's not cars or land or a nice 401k retirement. Ultimately, these are eternal rewards. The benefits are the reward of the prophet and the reward of the righteous person. And again, these are eternal rewards. These are eternal rewards that are given to the faithful for their faithfulness. Ultimately, it is the reward of being with our Lord Jesus when his kingdom is realized in full. So Jesus says in verse 42 that the one who serves as a disciple will by no means lose his reward. It is eternally secure. So the material things of this world that are temporal and fleeting, but our Lord, our Lord Jesus, has an eternal reward for us if we remain steadfast. Now, I understand that there's a lot of verses here, and we're covering a, a lot of ground very, very fast, very large chunks of Scripture. But I think that all of these verses the, the, the thrust of all of these verses is captured in verses 38 and 39. And it says, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The life of Christian discipleship is not a a feel-good message. 
ultimately the the life of discipleship is about bearing a cross it's about bearing a cross and following christ it is about losing things in this life in order to find true life in jesus christ so the question is again will you do what your lord has called you to do if you've been walking with jesus keep on walking with him if you have an on again off again relationship with the lord jesus if you have never submitted to the lord jesus whatever your case may be what will you do now that you know what the lord jesus commands of you what will you do with the information Because at the center of our faith is not riches. At the center of our faith is not a health and wealth and prosperity message. But at the center of our faith is a cross. It is the cross of Christ. And if you if you know me. Uh, you know that one of my pet peeves is to is to do something that somebody can do for themselves. It's a pet peeve of mine. But our Lord has not called us to do something that he didn't already do himself. Because he bore the cross for all of us at Calvary. This is your cross. This was my cross to bear. It wasn't a metaphorical cross. It was a real cross on which he bore the sins of his people. So my brothers and sisters, will you trust him? Will you live for him? Will you do what your Lord has called you to do? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it is in your word that you have revealed yourself, revealed your truth. You have revealed your will for us. Lord Jesus, I pray now that through your spirit that you would reveal the truth of the gospel in all of our lives. Even for those of us who consider ourselves to be mature in Christ. Lord, I pray that we would never grow to think that we can get past the gospel. Lord, help us to always return to the truth of the gospel. And if there is someone who gets this message, who is not submitted to Submit it to you, Lord. I pray that you would work in their heart. 
that you would redeem them and that you would draw them to yourself and grant them faith and repentance and that they would begin this walk and that they would receive the reward of salvation and this reward of being with you in eternity. Lord, help us always to return to that truth. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. Well, good people, I want to thank you all once again for joining us today. Uh, and if all hearts and minds are clear, let's stand. And uh, let's receive the Lord's uh, benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Give everybody the elbow bump of communication.